0: Dad, we should increase production to meet export demands. Hmm, let's review our logistic insurance needs. We'll need more workers. Okay, make sure they are fully covered. Also, it's time to launch into e-commerce. <laughs> Great move, son. Uh, let's prioritise cybersecurity. Are you ready to grow your business? Talk to us at Chubb Insurance about protection crafted for your business needs. Not just insured, Chubb Insured. Visit chubb.com slash my.
1: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station.
0: This is Tech Talk, made possible by TM1. It's Fun Friday. My name is Jeff Sandu together with Culture Pops, Matt Armitage. Chimeras. Yes, it sounds like a word you'd hear in TV shows like Once Upon a Time or anything Terry Pratchett ever wrote. In mythology, a chimera is a creature that combines parts of many animals, uh, but science is creating real-world chimeras and MSP's resident man-machine hybrid Matt Armitage has been wondering if they're a good idea. So, Matt, do you want to tell us what's today all about? That's a bit
1: presumptuous. I don't see why I should have to do that. Um, No, I I mean, I really have much idea what these show's about. I (laughs) start talking, we end up somewhere. If Mm. it makes any kind of remote, logical sense along the way, I give myself a gold star.
0: A gold star.
1: Yeah, I work a lot better with encouragement. And, you know, (laughs) as I work for myself on my own, the only person to give me that encouragement is, of course, me. And that's one of the reasons that I'm actually so interested in the idea of things like chimeras and clones, because I can clone myself and take some time off knowing that the bare minimum standards that I set for my work will never, ever be exceeded.
0: Presumably, we're talking about something scientific today.
1: <sighs> I guess so. <laughs> um I'm still a long way off when it comes to the clones, I have to Mm. say. So far, my car porch DNA experiments have looked more like attempts to make jello than a living human being. Although if anyone wants some uh, hamburger meat of dubious provenance, uh, please drop me a line. I'm happy to give it to you. Mm. Uh, But some of you may have seen reports about actual scientists creating chimeras in the media over the past few weeks. So I thought we could clear up what this actually means, how far along the research is, and what it might mean for us in the future.
0: Uh, and last week, uh, we had a story on geeks about gene editing and the WHO.
1: Yeah, so in the way that was kind of the jumping off point for today, you know, we were talking about the steps that the WHO is taking to limit the spread and consequences of gene editing mm. uh, and also shining a greater spotlight on it in terms of the ethics because we haven't reached that consensus of opinion yet, uh, such as a seemingly relatively benign attempt by Russian scientists to edit genes to eradicate a form of hereditary deafness, uh, which on the surface, you know, that doesn't look too bad. There are certainly a lot of questions to answer. So where is the line between what we consider to be a disability and what we consider to be a difference in people? Uh, Things that look very straightforward and simple can often be a lot more complex once you start looking underneath the hood.
0: And I guess it's because we don't know where it will end. What starts off as eradicating hereditary deafness could end up as designing people to order like from a menu.
1: Well, I know that people are worried that we'll end up with a race of cloned super soldiers um, and anyone who's read the Rogue Trooper comics or watched Blade Runner will know it doesn't turn out very well for the super soldiers or the humans they come into contact with. But homogeneity is also something that we have to worry about here. Uh, Will there be an ideal that people use as a blueprint? Will generations of the future all look like Kylie Jenner and Harry Shearer, Uh, you know, if everyone has a, a super IQ, are there going to be some very miserable baristas in 30 years' time?
0: Well, I doubt it. According to you, machines will be the only ones with jobs in 30 years' time.
1: Well, assuming that it's true, and it probably is because, you know, a very wise person said it, uh, then there will be a lot of very unhappy, unemployed people who can perfectly understand all the advances that supercomputers make in terms of theoretical physics. But in a sense, that's the point. You know, what is this future that we're creating, that we're setting up for ourselves uh, machines that can do all the work computers that can do the thinking and a race of enhanced humans with freakish intelligence and strength and not much to do you know that sounds like a fairly dangerous mix to me
0: especially as yes, it seems there's very little we can do to stop it
1: well certainly in terms of dna tech that's true you know we can't limit the technology because there's nothing particularly special about mm. it um so what we need is that consensus behind the ideas that that ethical sense. And that's why I thought it would be interesting today to look at it and think about those chimeras, because on the surface, chimeras are kind of simpler. It's easier to have an opinion about them. But really, it's not so different from all these other examples that we've been talking about.
0: So we've established that we're not talking about chimeras in the mythical sense, like a minotaur or a faun. So what do we mean? Well, it's quite a broad field. So I guess for today, we're
1: mostly talking about experiments where human cells are transplanted into animal embryos. And the result is an organ with human characteristics and compatibilities. Uh, In a more scientific sense, and thank you to the scientific American for this (laughs) definition, uh, we're talking about an organism that contains two sets of DNA. Mm. So that in turn means that the code exists in that organism to create two separate organisms, so it goes both ways. Uh, The stories we'll be talking about are the ones that have been appearing over the past few months, including uh, a fairly large or a fairly important one that appeared over the last week or so.
0: And before we get there, are there any natural examples of chimeras? Well,
1: of course. Um, You, for starters. uh, I think I mentioned this on the show a couple of years ago. We stopped the live streaming of shows, in part because listeners found your goat legs extremely distressing. But apart from the occasional restaurant owner who thinks you might make an exotic curry, Mm. being a chimera hasn't really hurt you. Not at all. And there are plenty of other examples. Uh, Most of us know about the example of absorbed twins, uh, where one embryo dies and is absorbed by another. So that solitary twin, whether um, or when he or she is born rather, can actually have two sets of DNA which Mm. are detectable in different parts of the body. So for example, DNA in blood cells might be from a different individual to the DNA they have in some of the organs. All right.
0: Isn't it also true that babies can alter the DNA of their mother?
1: Yeah, and that's called uh, microchimerism. So some of the fetal cells can migrate around a mother's body uh, through her bloodstream, and they can end up in her organs. And although the effects wear off over time, these DNA changes aren't permanent, the fetal cells can be detected for many years after the pregnancy. And it's actually remarkably common. In fact, uh, some researchers think it probably happens during most pregnancies. Mm. So you may be listening to this, and you are or you might be sitting next to someone who is a DNA hybrid, someone who is
0: experiencing this
1: microchimerism.
0: And any other examples that you're aware of?
1: Well, this is one that I wasn't aware of until I started doing the research for this show. And that's bone marrow transplants. Mm. Um, You know, obviously, they're quite a common treatment for diseases like leukemia. Now, the, the treatment often requires that the, uh, the the recipient's own bone marrow has to be destroyed before it can be replaced with the donor tissue. This can result in the recipient having uh, a mixture of two sets of DNA in their blood. But in some instances, the donor's DNA will replace the re- uh, recipient's own DNA in the bloodstream completely. Mm. So all the DNA there will be from that donor rather than the
0: recipient. Does something similar happen during blood transfusion?
1: Yes, but on a much kind of more temporary basis. So Mm. the host's DNA will reassert itself, whereas with the bone marrow transplant, those changes are likely to be permanent. So if anyone wants to know more about these kind of naturally occurring chimeras. I took these examples from a 2016 Scientific American piece called Three Human Chimeras That Already Exist. Uh, it was by Rachel Retner. So you can uh, head over and read that piece and also it'll be in the show notes.
0: And last week you advised us against reading these sorts of seven reasons why type typos.
1: On the one hand, thank you for listening uh, and remembering. Uh, On the other hand, no, um, this isn't a BuzzFeed-style my five favourite chimeras or the ten most amazing places chimeras get stuck type piece. Um, These are three naturally occurring chimeras and it's written about in plain English but with uh, far less kind of clickbaitiness than we go for on this show. (laughs) Uh, The reason I've gone into this is because it's very easy to forget that a lot of these things that scientists do in the laboratory that they create uh, and that the public often gets very scared of, Mm. these things actually occur in nature as well. Um, But that said, it's not a justification for all of the things that scientists do. It's just
0: placing them in context.
1: Yeah, exactly. So after the break, we'll talk about the recent discoveries and what their implication might be be, uh, because just because something occurs in nature, it's not a reason necessarily for us to recreate it in a lab or push those techniques to create people or animals that nature wouldn't create. But it is also important to remember, even when it comes to gene-modified foods, for example. Mm. Nature has been doing this kind of thing for eons. We've been using non-invasive or cell-based breeding techniques um, to do this with plants and animals for thousands of years. And as usual, it's the scale and speed of what we're able to do with this new digital technology that makes things different. Our intention is often much the same. It's just that we now have the science and equipment to back up all the stuff that would have had you labelled as crazy or heretical just a couple of hundred years ago.
0: All right. When we come back, what would a Matt Armitage with human DNA look like? And is this a gateway to a new robot you? Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. You're listening to Tech Talk, made possible by TM1. Baba from Malacca. BFM
1: 89.9. The Business Station
0: You're listening to Tech Talk Made possible by TM1 And we're back, it's Fun Friday My name is Jeff Sandu together with CulturePop's Matt Amatich And today on MSP we're talking about chimeras Cellular level hybrids of two or more organisms And before the break we looked at some of the natural occurring incidences of chimeras Right now we're heading off to the lab
1: Okay, well, the, the title of the article I read was awesome. Mm. It was First Human Monkey Chimera Raises Concern Among Scientists. <laughs> now, that is clickbait at its very, very best. You know, I, I think the first human monkey chimera raises concern for everyone, not just scientists. Exactly. You know, we've all seen Planet of the Apes. We've seen that super smart gremlin on a talk show. It doesn't work out very well.
0: Well, if people had just left the apes alone.
1: Well, thank you for your contribution to (laughs) today's debate. Um, No, the the story comes from a report in the Spanish newspaper El Pais, uh, Hmm. dated on the 31st of July. So a team of researchers at the Salk Institute in the U.S., has done just that. They've created embryos containing both human and monkey cells, although um, it would seem that the actual research was done in China, Mm. uh, probably for legal reasons. And
0: I guess the big question is why? What are they hoping to achieve?
1: Well, at the moment, we only seem to have conjecture. Uh, the team led by a Spanish scientist, which I guess is why it appeared in El Pais, a professor is Pisua Belmonte, doesn't seem to be sharing a lot of information publicly right now. Mm. So the supposition is that it may be linked to creating organs for human transplantation. Professor Belmonte's team has been successful in the past in producing pig and sheep embryos that contain human cells.
0: So we would be breeding monkeys to grow kidneys and livers for human transplantation.
1: Well, I mean, that would seem (laughs) to be the the logical answer, but I don't think that's even possible or the purpose of this. Mm. Uh, I don't know if their organs would be the right size to transplant into humans. The coverage I read suggested that it's, actually more likely to be about the pigs and the sheep because they have been used in the past because their organs are roughly the same size Mm. as human organs. From what we know of Professor Belmonte's previous research, only around 1 in 10,000 cells in those pig embryos was human. So he may be doing these experiments with monkeys in order to scale up and that uh, the findings he uses will then be used to increase the number of human cells in those hybrid pig and sheep embryos.
0: This is essentially for human tissue-matched organs.
1: Yeah, growing organs for transplant that will match the recipient's own DNA. So there's less chance of rejection, a better chance of uh, recovery. Uh, One of the things we've covered a fair bit on the show over the years is bioprinting. So the idea of taking DNA or stem cells and using a machine to print a replacement organ. And that's a really daunting task. You know, there have been certain breakthroughs with things like liver cells, but certainly nothing to suggest that printing a new lung or heart is on the cards in anything like the near future.
0: And so animals are the easier option.
1: I assume so. I mean, I'm really happy not to be an expert on this, Um, you know, and I'll admit this is certainly a subject that grosses me out a little. And I'm a person who's fine with the Mm. idea of lab meat. Um, Unlike printing tissue, embryos don't have to be taught how to form cells and organs and become little creatures. So I guess maybe easier isn't quite the word, but it's seen as something that's scientifically surmountable in maybe the shorter term
0: and i think one of the issues we have to address is how far these embryos have been allowed to develop for
1: uh yeah and this is where we get into those kind of ethical areas mm. uh, so um these embryos and the pig and sheep embryos before them were actually only allowed to develop for a few weeks
0: so no organs were actually formed
1: no um so we have uh to have, sorry let me do that again uh No, but we still have to have those discussions about what is acceptable. Mm. Um, Is it the intention that's wrong, actually creating these things in the first place? Is it only wrong if the animal comes to term and is is delivered? You know, where on that scale do we sit ethically and legally? Uh, Japan, for example, relaxed legislation earlier this year that limited embryo development to 14 days. Uh, Some of its researchers have successfully created mouse-human chimeras in the past, so it would potentially be possible to implant those embryos into a host uterus. I can't believe I'm saying words (laughs) like host (laughs) uterus um, and bringing them to term, Mm. Uh, though each case would require specific permission and I don't know if any test cases have been brought so far.
0: And would uh, the chimeras have human characteristics?
1: Well, the likelihood is that they won't. Um, We probably wouldn't have a laboratory full of Planet of the Apes, you know, super smart monkeys like uh, Caesar. Um, You know, we won't have these philosophy-spouting chimpanzees waiting for some rich person to need their heart.
0: Well, we've mentioned this on the show before as well, but it sounds very similar to the plot of that movie The Island.
1: Yeah, you know, the one where human clones are kept in some kind of weird dystopian resort Mm. until the humans they've been bred for need some spare parts. This is you know uncharted territory uh, a developmental biologist quoted in the Guardian's coverage of this a guy called Professor Lovell Badge of the Francis Crick Institute, he acknowledges the concern of creating animals whose central nervous systems contain large numbers of human cells. But he suggests it's unlikely that these creatures would develop human traits, but he does acknowledge they would probably behave differently from other members of
0: their own or, I guess, their original species. But what if a monkey had a human brain.
1: Yeah, this is like one of those 3 a.m. conversations, right? What would you do if you were a werewolf? Um, You know, that's something we covered on the show a few weeks ago. Obviously, the brain stuff rather than Mm. the werewolf thing. Uh, It was back when we talked about uh, intelligence and consciousness on, uh, I think it was MSP84. Mm. Um, Giving apes a human or partially human brain is unlikely to lead them to develop human-like consciousness, at least according to experts like Professor uh, Levelback he contends that they will still lack a human cortex so they can't be like us but they may have differences from their own species they may have slightly better memories but um the way in which they were similar to us would be very very
0: small indeed all right so let me rephrase the question to make it sound really like a 3 a.m talk show why give a monkey a human brain (laughs)
1: Well, please note that I am reporting on this and I don't (laughs) necessarily agree with what we're talking about. So according to uh, Alejandro de Los Angeles at Yale's Department of Psychiatry, again, this is from The Guardian, it may help in the fields of neurology, neurology rather and psychiatry, especially with diseases like dementia, where it's difficult to get good models of the disease because, you know, you need a human brain.
0: And the question I know I'm going to regret asking is, has anyone actually put human cells in a monkey's brain? And
1: it's a question I hoped you'd ask, <laughs> and yes, they have. Congratulations, you win the gross-out prize of the week. Uh, scientists in China published a paper in April explaining that they've done exactly that with rhesus monkeys. Mm. Uh, You can find the paper at China's National Science Review where you can be equally chilled and mystified by all the scientific terminology. Uh, There's a much easier piece at uh, Vox about this. Mm. I'll put that in the show notes too. But essentially, they were trying to, uh, or they're doing this research to try and discover how human intelligence arose.
0: All right. At the start of the show, you dropped a little transhuman nugget so where does this fit into the chimera picture?
1: Well, it's kind of one of those above and below arguments. You know, we've made the case quite often that uh, machines need a set of rights because we're going to become more machine-like and machines will become more human-like. If you want to see uh, how that might play out, I suggest you watch Alita Battle mm, Robot. Yeah. Um, Yeah, honestly, I mean, yeah, exactly. It's a great movie. Uh, The theatre run is finished, but you can rent it on streaming platforms, on demand platforms at the moment. But there is a useful comparison there. In the real world, we're starting to see that uh, that definition and delineation between what is and isn't human is already coming under a lot more pressure.
0: Why above and below, Uh, For
1: easy reference rather than scientific accuracy. (laughs) So uh, below, I mean, we're giving animals and, you know, you Mm. can rightly argue that they're not below us in any Mm, way. mm. uh, That we have the power to give animals these human characteristics, traits and capabilities. At the other end, which I'm calling above and you're also welcome to disagree with, (laughs) we have machines that are moving towards us in this same area. So that puts a lot of pressure on us in the middle and it does create difficult questions about meaning and definition of humanity. You know, if your liver and kidneys are from a pig, if a chip is running your brain uh, and a machine is regulating and pumping your heart, what kind of creature are you?
0: And where does Alita, the battle robot, fit in?
1: Well, it's probably more entertaining and a lot less scary than this (laughs) show's been. Um, But it's essentially about a form of transhumanism. You know, When we talk about uh, the kind of scenarios for this technology, as we did last week as well, We're mostly talking about um, situations of medical necessity. Mm. But all these technologies, including the the neural enhancement tech we covered last week, also fit firmly into the enhancement category as well. Uh, Specialist limbs to allow you to be stronger or to conduct precision surgery. So that's where Alita Battle Robot comes in. The ethics of growing human organs in uh, animals to, to save lives is already a thorny enough topic on its own. But where do you get to if you're talking about giving someone a heart or lungs that are designed to work at high altitudes Mm. so that that person can climb mountain peaks without oxygen, for example, or a heart that's designed to give you the power of a champion athlete because it beats at a very low rate per minute? You know, what if you then combine all these technologies, biotech, neurotech, robotics? That's what I mean about pressure on what it means to be human coming from above us and below us. And when we say transhuman, do we mean someone with the same rights, fewer rights, or probably more scarily, more rights?
0: You mean by playing God?
1: I mean by creating gods, you know, people who are physically and mentally superior to us. The question then becomes less about where they fit into our world and more about where we fit into theirs. And I think that's not a question that many of us want to think about let alone try an answer.
0: But it's sometimes a question that I sit here and ponder when I talk to you, Matt. Yeah, I can
1: I can imagine, yeah, when you hear my gears grinding. And, yeah.
0: Exactly. Uh, Chimeras, uh, it's the ultimate battle human. Well, maybe not. Uh, we'll be right back with Geek Squawks after this. And if you miss any parts of this show, also if you want those links and you want to read the transcript of it, you can find it on CulturePop. That's culturepopwithak.com, BFM 89.9 tech talk made possible by tm1 to learn more visit tm1.com.my thank you for
1: listening to this podcast to find more great interviews go to bfm.my or find us on itunes bfm 89.9 the business station